is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Radio. I'm George Madisek. This weekend is the start of the Advent season, and joining us to talk about Advent and the meaning of Advent is Father Mark Bialek, pastor of St. John in Westminster and St. Joseph in Tawnytown. Father Mark, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. It's good to be with you. So the official word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or arrival. And obviously we're awaiting the coming of Jesus at Christmas, but the church also uses this time as a period to reflect on Jesus's second coming. Could you talk about those two components of Advent, both of Jesus's coming at Christmas and then his coming at the end of time? So with Advent, um, Advent really does mean, as you said, um, coming, and it really is a season of expectation. And I think what some people might miss is that the first uh, couple weeks of Advent are actually really centered on Jesus's second coming. Um, The scriptures are all about joyful and expectant kind of preparation, how we have to be vigilant, where we have to have our, our lamps lit and we have to be prepared for the master's arrival. And so the first half of Advent is really an opportunity for us to kind of prepare our hearts, our minds, and our souls for the second coming of Christ. In our liturgy, in fact, every Sunday, you know, we pray for Christ to come again. And yet our hearts, our minds, and our souls really, really ready um, to welcome Christ uh, when he returns in all of his glory. And so we really are within this kind of Uh, in between time, this end time, between the first coming of Christ at Christmas and the second coming of Christ at the end of time and at at the end of the world, where he will come as Savior and Judge. And so the first, you know, the first half is an opportunity for us to kind of examine our hearts, examine our minds and our souls, and kind of where we stand before the Lord to really kind of prayerfully prepare to meet him uh, face to face. And then the second half of Advent normally starts around December 17th when we get into like the O antiphons. And from December 17th to December 23rd, that's when uh, the liturgy really starts to take on a different uh, tone as we prepare for the actual birth of Christ at Christmas. Um, you'll notice that even if you're um, celebrating Mass at your parish uh, on a weekly basis or a daily basis, um, you'll even hear the preface um, before the Eucharistic prayer. Um, That preface will also change. And you can see the liturgy kind of take a turn where now we're immediately preparing for the birth of the Savior, our celebration of Christmas, and we're reflecting upon how God really kept his promise the first time in sending his son um, through the miracle of the incarnation at Christmas. And if he kept his word the first time, 
in sending a Savior, in sending Emmanuel, God with us, then he certainly will keep his promise the second time uh, when he says he will come in all of his glory at the end of the age. I think some of that change you talked about in the season is really obvious when you when you hit that third week of Advent, when you have sort of more uplifting music sometimes, and then you also see the color of the candle and the Advent wreath is that 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 third week is rose colored. Could you talk about the significance of some of some of those symbols, the Advent wreath and the colors of the candles? So the Advent wreath um, is uses evergreens so god is ever present god is um eternal god never leaves us he's he's always with us um the purple candles well there's three purple candles and then there's one uh rose colored candle and the purple candles are kind of a sense of uh penitence of joyful expectation but then we have the third candle and the third candle is really a Sunday of rejoicing that Christmas is very, very now close at hand. It's only about, you know, two weeks away. And it's an opportunity for us to really kind of focus our joy, focus our expectation um, on the coming of Christ at, at Christmas. And so you have four candles, uh, four weeks. Uh, the first candle uh, basically symbolizes hope. Uh, the second candle symbolizes faith. The third candle would represent joy. And the fourth candle, which kind of marks the last week of Advent, is kind of the angel's candle, and it, it signifies peace. So each week we kind of focus on those themes of hope, of faith, of joy, of peace. And it's kind of an opportunity. It's kind of a countdown um, but it's also an opportunity for us to kind of settle ourselves and prayerfully prepare for the coming of Christ and our celebration of the Christmas season. What are some of the ways families can observe Advent in their homes? I know Advent calendars are popular and, and some people do Jesse trees. Uh, how, how do those various traditions work and what are some of the ways of getting into the spirit of Advent? I think uh, one of the ways in which we can actually get into the spirit of Advent, we just touched on the Advent wreath, and that is to actually have an Advent wreath in our homes, um, to set it either on our kitchen table or maybe our dining room table, to light the Advent wreath and, and use the prayers of the season when we gather for dinner. Um, I know some families like to maybe uh, make a little altar or a little um, area in their home where they have a nativity scene, but they haven't necessarily put the Christ child in yet until we actually re reach Christmas Day. And to actually each and every day light a candle of the Advent wreath and kind of pray with the church through the Advent season. Um, Thanksgiving, uh, we just celebrated Thanksgiving and Already you have the Christmas music on. Uh, you see that everything is kind of up in the malls as far as all the Christmas decorations. We put up our Christmas tree, but we don't want to kind of get ahead of the game. And in our culture today, we're so much we want things instantly. Um, we can download things instantly on our phones. We can get things instantly um, in so many different ways nowadays. We're not used to waiting. Uh, and so I think being able to have an Advent calendar, to be able to light the candles on our Advent wreath, 
um, are wonderful ways of kind of reminding ourselves that Christmas isn't here yet and we kind of need to prepare ourselves. One question I hear a lot is why we don't sing Christmas carols during the Advent season. And I always remind people that the secular world may think Christmas starts at Thanksgiving, but that's not how the church sees it. Why does the church wait to sing Christmas hymns until Christmas? Because Christmas is really its own season. Uh, Christmas doesn't begin until Christmas Eve on December 24th. And before that, we have four full weeks, especially this year, uh, where Christmas is celebrated on a Sunday. We have four full weeks of Advent, and it really is a time of preparation. So, you know, you'll hear hymns like, People Look East, The Time Is Near. Uh, Once we get to December 17th through the 23rd, uh, perhaps you're going to hear, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And it really is um, having hymns that kind of focus us on preparation, on joyful expectation, on waiting, and then... It's beautiful that on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, when we come to Mass, when we enter into the Christmas season, now we have a number of other weeks uh, where we are able to fully celebrate the birth of the Savior, sing our, you know, our greatest Christmas hymns, and really rejoice at the coming of salvation um, and God with us. And so if we really wait, if we take the time to sing our Advent hymns, and really wait to enter into the season of Christmas until Christmas itself, we're going to have a lot more joy, uh, and we're going to have an opportunity to celebrate Christmas with an even um, a, a greater sense of, um, of the, the, the joy of the church. And the Advent hymns themselves are really beautiful in their own right. Uh, do you have a favorite? Uh, my favorite Advent hymn is actually O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It really does take the O antiphons that we use in our liturgy each and every day from the 17th to the 24th to the 23rd, and it really kind of kind of prepares us each and every day for the celebration of Christmas and how you know there was such a longing and there was such a desire uh, for the birth of the Savior for God to come among us, and so I absolutely love O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Well, at the end of this show today, we're going to have a special presentation of that very hymn by the Cathedral Choir at the Cathedral of Mary, Our Queen. So you want to stay tuned for that. Uh, we're talking about Advent with Father Mark Bialek, pastor of St. John in Westminster and St. Joseph in Tawnytown. We're going to take a little break and we'll continue our conversation in just a moment. I'm George Matusek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Two days after Maryland Attorney General Brian Frosch filed a motion in court to allow release of a report on sexual abuse by clergy in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, Archbishop William E. Lorry addressed the topic in his homily at the November 19 Vigil Mass at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Baltimore. 
The archbishop noted that news reports such as those that followed the November 17th motion are, quote, a stark reminder of the sins of the church's ministers and the failures of the church's leaders to address those sins effectively, end quote. The 456-page report itself has not yet been made public. The Archbishop pledged to continue to do everything possible to ensure that no one in the church's care is ever again harmed by a representative of the church. He noted that those steps include a zero-tolerance policy for anyone to remain in ministry if they have been credibly accused of child sex abuse, outreach to victim survivors, screening and training of all church representatives, and reporting all allegations to civil authorities. He noted that all these efforts are overseen by an independent review board, an eight-person group of mostly laypeople, which reviews individual allegations of abuse and helps shape archdiocesan child protection policies. Quote, but no matter what steps the church may take, we are aware that no such efforts can completely eradicate the reality of evil, even in our own ranks. Nor can the church's efforts to take away the pain of survivors. Nor do they excuse the abject failures of church leadership to protect and heal, the archbishop said. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. The U.S. bishops gave their consent for the advancement of the sainthood causes of three U.S. Catholics at the local diocesan level. The bishops gave their assent in a voice vote on each of three causes November 16th during their November 14th through 17th Fall General Assembly in Baltimore. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks. The Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matusek. On this weekend, at the start of Advent, we're speaking with Father Mark Biolek, the pastor of St. John in Westminster and St. Joseph in Tawnytown. Father, are there any special moments over the course of your priesthood that have taken place during the Advent season that have really touched your heart or, or left an imprint on you over the years? I think um, some of the more prayerful opportunities during Advent that have, that have really kind of touched my heart is the role of Mary. Hmm. Mary is very, very special to all priests. She's kind of queen of the clergy. Um, she is kind of our mother. And during the Advent season, we have two beautiful opportunities to celebrate her, which is uh, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th, and then also uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th. And I remember when I, when I first uh, arrived at my, the parish where I was pastor for the first time, Resurrection of Our Lord in Laurel, um, over half of the community was uh, Hispanic, uh, from Spanish-speaking countries. And I remember celebrating the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe for the first time, and the faith that kind of united us from different cultures, from different countries, um, different languages, and an opportunity to recognize the universality of the Church, um, and to really participate in the celebration a lot more fully and enter into it 
um, in a way that I had never done before to see kind of how our Catholic faith brings us together um, and how Mary is central in the life of the church, uh, no matter where we might be celebrating uh, throughout the world, but especially as she kind of brings us together um, in Northern, Central, um, and South America as she is the Queen of the Americas, um, and she is truly called to be the Queen of our hearts, how she brings us together as brothers and sisters and that amazing solidarity. Um, since my time um, at Resurrection, Resurrection of Our Lord in Laurel and now at St. John and St. Joseph's, we continue to have a uh, Hispanic community with us. And the night before, there is uh, a wonderful singing to the Blessed Mother uh, throughout the evening. And then the day of, we actually have a procession through the town of Westminster, and we have an opportunity uh, to celebrate Mass and a big fiesta and it's a great, it's one of the most special celebrations really throughout the year for me as it shows um, our solidarity and uh, really being uh, one family in the Lord. If people wanted to join you for that, uh, what, what time does that take place? What dates are they and, and the time when, when they happen? So on December 12th, uh, we'll actually have Mass at St. John at 7 p.m. Uh, before that, we'll have a procession uh, from 6 to 7 that'll kind of go through our campus. And then afterwards, you can join us in the portico for a fiesta and uh, great food, great music, and just some great fraternity. A lot of people use Advent and Lent as opportunities to renew themselves spiritually by taking advantage of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. How do parishes make the sacrament available, and how can that help you in your spiritual journey during Advent? I think it's very important that we take the time to really examine our conscience, to examine our lives, and Advent has a much more joyful uh, character to it. Um, it's not as penitential as Lent might be, but it's very, very important that we take the time to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation before we come to Mass at Christmas. Reconciliation and really receiving the Eucharist go hand in hand. And so we really want to make sure that our soul is ready, um, that we've taken the opportunity to prepare. Um, so I would really um, suggest looking at uh, the times that might be on your parish's website or also um, in your parish's bulletin. Most parishes have times where we celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation uh, more. We have penance services we give extra opportunities for people to be able to celebrate this great sacrament. And so it, we really should be kind of examining our lives. We want to make sure that we're rejuvenating ourselves as we prepare for this great feast. And so if we haven't gone to the Sacrament of Reconciliation for a while, or maybe there are some that have been away from the church for a while, uh, please you know, never feel frightened about going to the Sacrament of Reconciliation as priests. We love celebrating the sacrament with you. Um, if you don't remember the act of contrition, if you don't remember exactly how the sacrament um, is celebrated, please, please, please don't worry. We'll walk you through, and we will definitely help you along. Um, but it really is a great opportunity um, to kind of approach God, to approach the church, to approach our fellow brothers and sisters, recognize that, yes, we have sinned, that we need a Savior, and to really seek uh, God's forgiveness. And then once we do, 
then our hearts, our minds, and our souls are really open, are really receptive. And I think that by the time we get to celebrating Christmas, our hearts will be filled with joy and nothing's going to be able, nothing will be blocking us from receiving the fullness of grace by participating at Mass at Christmas. This is also the time of year when many parishes offer different mini spiritual retreats and, and other activities like that. And you can actually find a list of all those activities at archbalt.org backslash advent. If you just go to the Archdiocesan homepage again, that's archbalt.org slash advent. And there's a list of all the activities in the Archdiocese. Father, what most excites you about this particular Advent season? I think what excites me the most is it's been a couple of years now um, since the pandemic, and we're starting to see more of our brothers and sisters uh, return for Mass, and really being able to return back to the Eucharist. Um, Bethlehem means house of bread, and if you think about it, our Savior was born and placed in a manger which is a feeding trough for the animals. And so at Christmas, you have, this beautiful, uh, you have this beautiful image of this newborn baby uh, really becoming food for us through the institution of the Eucharist on Holy Thursday, and then this baby is going to grow up and offer his uh, life on the cross for us uh, to bring us salvation. And it's really through the Eucharist that we encounter those mysteries So to see more of our brothers and sisters um, preparing to return to Mass, to rejoin us um, in the celebration of the liturgy, it really does kind of uh, bring joy to my heart, and I can't wait um, to see more and more of our uh, our congregation. Um, So I I highly recommend, you know, everybody returning to Mass uh, for the Advent Advent and then Christmas season— But if I could, I'd like to also offer something else, and that is if you go to Mass on uh, the weekend, uh, try during the uh, season of Advent to maybe make Mass one more time during the week if your schedule allows, and to prepare our hearts to receive the Lord in the Eucharist um, on Christmas, maybe, you know, sign up for an hour of Eucharistic adoration, or if an hour is too much, maybe go for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, but I really do think it, it would help us to grow closer to our Eucharistic Lord in this time of Eucharistic renewal, to really spend some time with him. He's waiting for you right there in the church or in the Adoration Chapel. He's waiting for you to spend some quiet, prayerful time with him. Um, and so, you know, take that opportunity, and that will prepare us even more uh, to receive him, to become living tabernacles, and to truly know that he is Emmanuel God with us. He still remains with us today, and he's ever close to us in that beautiful sacrament. That's wonderful. Well, our guest today has been Father Mark Bialak, pastor of St. John in Westminster and St. Joseph in Tawnytown. Father Mark, thank you again, and have a happy Advent season. God bless you. Have a happy Advent season, and uh, also a Merry Christmas when it gets here. Not yet, but but soon. (laughs) Right. Thank you, Father. As we leave you today, we're going to have a special presentation of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, presented by the Cathedral Choir at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Baltimore, under the direction of Julie Grace Miles. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening.
have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests served for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.